Hey, this is Ross Payton. I just wanted to post a few episodes from one of our Patreon series, Palladium Poisoning. Sean and I are way too familiar with games uh, from the Palladium, like Rifts, but uh, Faust is not. So every episode, we review one Palladium book in detail and try to explain to her what what's wrong with it or why, why things are the way they are in Rifts. Uh, in this episode, actually, Sean and I look at an adventure sh- source book, and in the episode after that, uh, I explain it to Foss as we sort of try and figure out uh, what the characters of Rifts would be like in a TV show and what kind of TV show that would be. Uh, so uh, I had a lot of fun with these two episodes, so I wanted to share them with everybody. Uh, so I hope you enjoy them. If you want to hear the rest of Palladium Poisoning, sign up for our Patreon. It's only $2 a month to get this and our other bonus podcast, RPPR After Hours. Uh, we literally have dozens of episodes in our archives, uh, so there's a lot of value for you know your contribution. And of course, it helps keep RPPR running. Uh, we currently have a poll up right now for all our patrons to decide to vote on what the next Palladium book we should review is next, so you can help decide how we're going to torment poor Foss next. Uh, If you enjoy your work, check out The Third Wheel on YouTube uh, as well, and uh, enjoy! This is Ross Payton with Roland Public Radio. Uh, this is Palladium Poisoning. This is a very special episode. This is going to be a uh, two-part episode. We're going to post in two segments because it's just so much uh, amazing material to work with. Uh, we are doing Riffs Adventure Source Book, Keytown Burbs, it's Keytown, Keytown, Chitown, Chitown Burbs, Firetown, and the Tolkien Crisis. Uh, this is a second. This is not even the first Adventure Source Book. Uh, False chose this. From uh, the Palladium catalog, and they don't even have PDFs for this for sale on Drive Through RPG. So I actually had to get a physical copy of this. Yeah. Uh, so I actually am holding a paper thing of it in my hands, and I hadn't read this. This came out in um, um, first printing May two thousand three. Uh, so old stuff. I yeah. I, this was like later. By this point in real life, I had already burned out on Palladium. So this is yep. this was all new to me. It's so. still new enough to know better. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so uh, the the this is this is supposedly written by Kevin Symbieta, but clear. I have my doubts. Well, there he does give somebody a you know. Yeah, there's additional text and ideas by Julius uh, uh, Rosenstein. Rosenstein, yeah, and. So I think Julie's probably wrote a lot more of this than Kevin Sabina, uh, because there's actually there's not just lists of things. There's actually plot hooks and adventure and interesting ideas in this. There's some stylistic elements also, like so, in the writing itself. Before we get into what the real heart of this is going to be about, can, Sean, can you give some context uh, of what this these adventures source book is uh, being a source book about? So, um, this thing happened in the early 2000s where Palladium did kind of a meta event between multiple books, multiple source books. It started with, I think, the Coalition War Machine, yeah. where they updated the, our favorite Illinois Nazis yeah. and um, gave them new equipment and a new look, and uh, they're going to fuck some shit up. And who are they going to fuck up? The, the nation of Tolkien! Which is- magical place! Good guys, really! Which, it's a good magical, good, quote-unquote, well, it, it was not, well, Laszlo's the good magical city. Oh, sure, yeah. 
and then there's Tolkien, and then there's the Federation of Magic. So there's three magical okay, so nations. Tolkien's neutral, I guess. The Federation of Magic is evil, and Laszlo's good. Okay, fine. Okay, but all right. <laughs> for the for the quick I actually wasn't sure about Tolkien. Whether uh, but Tolkien, there are, Laszlo's very much written as the good guys, yeah. and Federation of Magic clearly written as the evil. Yeah, Tolkien's like I, I guess they're neutralish because they balance out. Tolkien does some questionable things. Mm-hmm. That is a sentence that can be taken out of context. All right, so, um, <laughs> so yeah, Tolkien, uh, yeah, they do multiple books about this. Uh, like three or four? Three or four, yeah. Just about this war between the Coalition, who are written and directly inspired by the Nazis, yeah. and the Tolkien, which are the magical kingdom with, they have robots and, mag- and high-tech stuff to do, but they have a lot of wizards. They've got dragons. They've got dragons. Yeah. And the Coalition are the good guys in this one. Uh, and are the they? War, well, they win the war, and they're clearly written as being heroic defenders of humanity. I, is my understanding of it. I have not read any I, of the books, I any of these four it. books. I know that. I guess it was supposed to be. It's supposed to kind of be questionable. Again, this goes into an issue I brought up in a previous episode about the coalition's role is kind of uncomfortable. Super uh, uncomfortable. Yeah. And, and but Kevin Zimietta does write, there, there, does put a lot of emphasis on how there are really heroic coalition guys, even though the yeah, nation which, state is evil, commits genocide. And there's good, good coalition guys. And I guess there, there is an actual real statement to take from that that is, yeah. you know, if we're going to go with the anal- analogy, oh, it feels awkward saying it. My personal thing is if you're, if you fight for a nation state that commits genocide like that, you know, uh, maybe it doesn't matter if you're nice to your neighbors. You're right. You're, or your, your, uh, uh, grandma, you're, you're prop, you're, you. But at the same time, there's good people on both sides of any war. It doesn't, it, now you yeah. were on the wrong side and ultimately you were wrong. Yeah. You should, <laughs> you should surrender or die for that. Cause Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyways, but uh, co- the coalition wins. Yeah, um, they, they totally stomp the fuck out of Tolkien. Yeah. So. Uh, Laszlo and the Federation magic are still intact. Uh, cause that was not the thing. Um, and so this source book takes place after that whole supplement. Like, and what I find interesting, they did this whole meta event just as the world of darkness, the biggest proponents of that was getting out of it because they're doing their time of judgment at the same time. So, yeah. like, Kevin Simeida is jumping on a fad just as everyone else is like, oh shit, this is dire. We need to retire it. Like, Owad is going, uh, we're going to reboot. So yeah. let's just, like, drop the fucking hammer. Plating goes, hey, let's make a hammer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, that's great. so yeah, there's no, re- there's never no reboot in Palladium, but yeah, they, they, well, they didn't reboot, but it kind of did change the face of things. So a little bit, um, <laughs> as much as you can yeah. in rifts. Um, so this whole thing is, is kind of an odd duck cause it, well, I mean, there are lists of things in it, but it's not entirely lists of things. There are no new OCCs. Actually. There are no, no. Yeah. There's there no lists of guns. Yeah. There's yeah. no list of guns. This either. is like not almost not a Palladium book. It's almost not a Palladium <laughs> book. Well, there is one list. The major list of thing is the list of buildings in uh, Chai Town. Right, which happens in a lot of Palladium books. A lot yeah. of uh, old Vampire Kingdoms. Was the yeah. one Vampire Kingdoms, old Palladium, uh, FRP supplements yeah. were always like, here's a town and here's a numbered list of all the buildings. Yeah. So, Which is cool. Uh, but, you know. So you can literally look at a map and say, oh, building 15 and then look at 15 on it and find out what's in that building. Yeah. Which, so there, that's a Kevin Sabiata special. That's a trademark thing. So we know his, his thumbprint is on this book. Right. But there's a lot of elements that don't Feel like him? I mean, yeah. Granted, Vampire Kingdoms actually did have a kind of with Reed's Raiders. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you went much into that in the episode where you covered that, but uh, I don't remember. Probably um, not. Reed's Raiders was like a 
bizarre relationship cluster of vampire hunters. Yeah. Well, uh, even then, this goes beyond that. I mean, yeah. what, what we found in here. So. Yeah, so it begins with uh, a little overview of how, basically, after Tolkien, uh, a lot of the surviving defenders of Tolkien, the ones who weren't killed in the actual war, um, some of them drift away, but some of them go to uh, uh, Town, Kai Town, um, whatever, to get revenge. Yeah. And so they're basically uh, be- become insurgents. Uh, because for whatever reason, I never understood this, is uh, uh, the coalition capital... Is in this fortress city of Chai Tower, but it's, it's in Arcology. Actually. Yeah, it's yeah. in Arcology, but they have a massive shanty town called the Burbs right outside of it that is specifically not. Uh, what would you call? Pure? Uh, no, no, it's not under. It, they specifically say it's not under coalition jurisdiction. Um, the coalition occasionally it's like a patrol, lawless. Yeah. They patrol it occasionally, but it's not. They they don't have enough power, manpower to spread out as far as they do and yeah. slap little villages. And still patrol the state. Yeah, but so you have your massive, massive, total out of control uh, burbs, uh, urban sprawl, shanty towns, right outside your massive arcology. Yeah. Seems like a bad idea. Yeah. But um, apparently no one can get in that isn't allowed into the into the arcology, into the where the, the emperor lives and all those other people. Uh, but the insurgents go to the burbs, the lawless part, in order to ambush, to get revenge. Yeah, you know, take out coalition patrols, yeah. possibly inf- infiltrate Chi-Town proper and do some damage, whatever they can do. Yeah, there's even retribution squads, uh, which are in, uh, that are trying to, to you know, get retribution yeah. on that. It's uh, almost kind of like a French re- uh, French revolutionary, not revolutionary, sorry, French uh uh, resistance kind of thing. Yeah, only they're they're, they're, they're coming, talking about how in. Yeah, so. um, they're talking about how they just want to kill coalition guys. They're not trying to win over hearts and minds as much. It's like if a bunch of French revolutionaries moved to Berlin. Yeah. Um. Uh. So the the first chapter is talking about how who's uh, not only that there's looters and thieves who looted the ruins of Tolkien and now are trying to offload their loot. Um. And. There's actually the Spluworth are even in the birds, uh, yeah. s- stealing shit. Well, they're everywhere. Kidnapping people, yeah. Federation Magic's there. So the birds are basically this lawless player character. It's just a, a, like a cockroach, a roach motel for player characters. It's yeah. a murder hotel. You can just basically. Spawning it's, grounds. It's kind of a, a Moss Eisley sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Hot, wretched hive of scum and villainy. And so the first chapter talks about like kind of tactics they would use on coalition soldiers who would be showing up, kind of setting the stage. And so like that's that's okay. I mean that's yeah. that's a pretty standard kind of setup. But then they get to the which is just amazing. Oh, it actually specifically says Revenge God Ragnarok is written mm-hmm. by Julius Rosenstein. Uh, Rosenstein. So um, with, with additional texts and ideas. Um, so. Yeah, this is this is yeah. I, when I read this, I like, this is not some some of the work at all. This is too interesting. This is too good. So, Revenge Squad Ragnarok is one of these retribution squads that went from Tolkien to get revenge in the Coalition, and there's six members in it, six core members, and they've set up shop here, yeah. and all six of them are detailed. And the thing is, these are interesting characters, and I kind of want to see what happens with them. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, Sean, do you want to introduce them? Okay, uh, so I'm going to go through some basic things, yeah. and I don't have a full relationship like chart drawn up, but I've got crib notes here. So um, first, we have Kem. He is the uh, true Atlantean monster hunter, uh, who is the ide- he was the idealistic leader of this whole group. He's actually from a uh, scouting party sent up by a South American nation to 
you know, monitor what was happening in Tolkien, and then he got involved. Yeah, and he's you know, 183 years young. So everybody, yeah, well, he's a true Atlantean, so he's also probably pretty tall by now. Um, so, um, so what happens is six, oh, he's only he's only six feet four inches. So right, Atlantean. So, um, <laughs> so basically, he's this idealistic leader. He's like you know, good aligned. He comes up and. Uh, the whole group is people. He, it's the friends he made along the way. So, um, uh, so yeah. he's idealistic, but he's burning out because he's realizing this entire endeavor is fucked up. And like the rest of the group, uh, he's gotten too involved in the burbs and what they're doing, which involves uh, starting multiple businesses and also a soup kitchen. <laughs> they're, uh, they, they run a protection agency. They're mercenaries. They have a soup kitchen. And then there's the uh, <clears throat> there's the hot stuff escort agency, which is actually a prostitution ring run, run out of a uh, Roche motel, pretty much. I mean, <laughs> which pays for the soup kitchen, by the way. Um, <laughs> God, why? Uh, no, it's cool. Actually, it's kind of like fascinating. But anyhow, so okay, uh, so he, he that's Ken, and you know he's Atlantean. He's got a buttload of tattoos. Yeah. One of them lets him turn into a thunder lizard dragon. Uh, yeah, Shapeshift Dragon, Thunder Lizard. <laughs> I mean, seriously, like... It costs 200 PPE to do, so... Motherfucker, I turn into a dragon, I wouldn't fight. How much PPE does he have? A lot. Uh, I'm trying to find it. Like, they don't... It oh, there it is, 246. Dead. So, I mean, like... You do it once. Like, but yeah, first round, boom. Yeah. I'm, 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 a, I'm a motherfucking dragon. I'm a fucking dragon. Boom. Yeah. yeah. Duration uh, three hours. Yeah, you could be a dragon yeah. for three hours. So then we have, the next up, a character that I've, like... You, you want to kind of like go, okay, I, I'm cool with this, but... Mm, Silvera. Hollywood female action star. Yeah, Silvera, yeah. The Achilles Neo-Human. Achilles Neo-Humans show up in South America, too. Um, they are part of a genetic experimentation. Uh, basically, they are making a bunch of hybrid animal super-psychic mutants. And somebody said, why don't we make hybrid human-humans? Um, and it worked. <laughs> um, and it created That's Uber. so stupid. <laughs> I, I love it. So it, it created super. Guys, psych- what happens if you breed a human with a human? <laughs> We've been breeding humans with that with uh, with dogs and cats and birds. lizards and birds. Capybara, actually. Oh uh, yeah, capybara. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't even know that. I don't even. Yeah. And what if it was another? And everyone's like, "Dude, you blew my mind." And it creates super psychic Ubermensch yeah. who can become mega damage beings, <laughs> have a life and death touch, like they can give life or take it away. Through MDC body armor, by the way. Nice. Uh, super. It's called hyper telekinesis, which can go over a ton. Yeah. Uh, their lifespan is ex- is expanded by the amount of ISP they have. Wow. So let's see. Here. <laughs> their literal lifespan can be expanded by gaining experience. <laughs> <laughs> that that's it. They don't even like hoodwink that shit. It's not even like a slip up. They actually explicitly state yeah, no, gaining gonna... experience expand you know, expands your lifespan. So ISP two hundred fifty six. So she gets an extra two hundred fifty six years of life. She, she gets to be pretty old. Yeah. Um, so she's one hundred forty seven, by the way. Yeah. Um, so, but she looks like she's in her early twenties. So here's the thing: she's like an adventurous, uh, kind of egocentric character, and uh, the way they present her. <laughs> okay. <laughs> early on in the history, it notes that she's Kim's ex, but they're still good friends. Yeah. Um, that's that's a thing. 
Oh, I mean, kinda... when you're when you're a member of a, like a like one of these awesome Mary Sue type of subspecies of human, where like you I'm human that. but I'm better than normal humans in every way, and I live for centuries. Yeah, like I can understand you would be like I'm a true Atlantean. Well, I'm a Neo Achilles super, you know, human. Oh well, I guess we're pretty close. Uh, what hook up? All right, yeah, yeah. She's practically a godling. So, um, yeah. But here's the deal: in the, all the descriptions of her. It, there's a lot of things that scream strong independent woman and then <laughs> yeah strong independent and then um, so they start mentioning that she at some point it literally says she's a total babe and it has two exclamation points yep in her appearance um, so Vera is a babe exclamation point exclamation point but in multiple occasions in the whole description it notes that she makes a point of spurning potential lovers and dressing frumpy on purpose. The word frumpy occurs multiple times. Uh, Yeah. So she's presented, but she's also a dead mother? No, yeah. That's the exact phrase. She acts somewhat like a dead mother to the others. (laughs) So Uh, we have this, like, uber-strong, Mary Sue-ish, matronly, sexually objectified, but strong woman. Yeah. And I'm just, they're going like, this is totally. It's, she's basically Wonder Woman as written by Joss Whedon. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> to be topical. Um, uh, yeah. Totally. There's a script on Twitter. I mean, she's trying, I mean, they're trying to make, I get they're trying to make her a strong female character, but it's clearly from a uh, limited male perspective. And so yeah. they're trying to make her a realistic figure. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, this is trips. That I know. If I she know. was a realistic figure, she would stick out like a sore thumb. This is true. <laughs> so, but it's just like you're sitting there reading one. That's kind of cool. Oh, God. <laughs> I kind of wish we had some more backstory on when they did it, because I can imagine how those ones like, oh, yeah, so how many people have you seen uh, uh, Did You Befriend when they were young adults and die, and watched them uh, die of old age? Yeah. Yeah, like five. Oh, yeah. But instead, all we get is, they were once lovers, but they're just good friends now. Yeah. So... That brings us to the next member, Sigurd, yep. who is a very selfish ice dragon hatchling and our archetypal uh, child soldier. Yeah. He was born during the Tolkien War and was immediately pressed into service, and he's been fighting his whole life, and he sees the entire world through the vision of war. You know, that kind of shit. <laughs> yeah, his age is literally one year, seven months. <laughs> yeah. So one and a half years yeah, old. They tried to actually just literally throw his egg like a grenade into battle. And they spend paragraphs and paragraphs describing the child soldier mentality when literally by this time, even in 2003, you just have to say, he's a child soldier. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, he sees the world through war. We've been like, if you've, if you've watched, <laughs> so good, if you've watched one version of Gundam, you know what the fuck we're talking or about. Or Young Justice. Any of it. Yeah. Young Justice wasn't out then, but you know, yeah. yeah. Any of it. It's just, you know what's up. All right. Um, he is totally the, what was the character from Gundam Wing? Hero something. Anyhow. I didn't watch that. Yeah, whatever. Anyhow, so, uh, <laughs> anyhow, so that's literally all you need to know. He is Ice Dragon Child Soldier. Yeah, I mean, he is a baby with 200 mega damage. That's, there's and no, an IQ of 200. There's, I mean, his yeah. status 20. Yeah. But yeah, there's nothing else you really need to know. Yeah. Except when we get to relationships. He can run at 50 miles an hour. Oh, yeah, there we go. Yeah. So. Um, well, that's, that's what you get for like going quadrupedal. So yeah. um, next up, we got Grimsby. Yep. Grimsby. Oh, God. Grimsby is one of two characters in this lineup that are just totally fucking like 90s comic book. Um, <laughs> he is, he is, yeah. He's no, kind like, of edgy, yeah, he is a Rob Life. Both player. Grimsby and the next one are like, Image Comics presents, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Or maybe drawn by 
Lee Field, I don't know. Yeah. Um, okay, so he's this, a mentally scarred temporal warrior. He's one of the later contract versions, so he's like... He's developed mental problems. He's very impulsive. He seeks power and danger and all that. Again, edgy as fuck. Um, what happened was a group of temporal raiders with their warrior and wizard, you know, accomplices yeah. popped into Tolkien and went, fuck yeah, adventure. And he's the last survivor. Sharpen that edge. Yeah. Um, so, um, Basically, he is their carefree, temporal wizard, mentally damaged. They just really made him the most impulsive person ever. Yeah. And he also is having second thoughts on this whole Suicide Squad thing. Yeah. He's considering noping out during the big finale. During. Before he dies. Well. (laughs) Like, okay, we're going good. We're going good. Fuck you. I'm out. (laughs) I'm out. Uh, Other, one notable thing, though. It's a tiny detail. He has a flask of endless water. I don't know why. This is like, I look at that and go, that is ripe for abuse. <laughs> it is. Yeah, I didn't even notice it. Yeah, if, if it, uh, uh, yeah, it, it depends on what the water pressure is, but yeah. Uh, well, even if you're just pouring water for days and days and days. No. There's a lot you can do with that. If you have time, you can do almost anything with that. Mm-hmm. that Water's a, a great resource. Yeah. Okay, so next we get... They could flood the archaeology if they could just wait a year, yeah. Yeah, you could, like, find a cistern to over, yeah. over flood and just start, like, leaking it into, like, pipelines and whatnot yeah. and create problems. Or if he's a, te- if he's a te- temporal warrior, he could just put it in a pocket universe, flood just, the pocket universe, he, and then open it above the archaeology. Right, you can just open a dimensional pocket and, yeah. you know, it's, like, however many tons of water. Like, that, that's an attack right there. You could just be like, yeah. oh, you want to fight me? Yeah. Water. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's great. So that's Grimsby. Um, and some of his relationships are uh, interesting. <laughs> but we'll get to that later. Next up is Fortune. Not his real name. Um, yeah, they have like a paragraph explaining how he gets his name yeah. in, the, in the war. Uh, which is uh, essentially someone... He didn't want to give his real name. And then, then it seems... Uh, oh, it seems Fortune has smiled upon us. And then someone mistook that as, oh, that guy smiled at us. That Literally, that guy smiled at us. But because a wizard once told him that knowing your true name gives somebody power over you, yeah. he will never give his true name. Yeah. So, to explain Fortune, we have to backtrack. Yeah, we have to what he is. A very short overview. Very short. <laughs> he is from the First Dimension book of Ritz, uh, Wormwood, which was a collaboration with some uh, indie comic makers. Yeah. They go like, here's an alternate dimension that's really badass. And you can use it in Rifts now. So, yeah. But um, everything in Wormwood is tied to that universe. And if you take it in the mainland, in the in the main Rifts setting, uh, the magic will literally stop working. Yeah. They literally give him like a MacGuffin deus ex machina where the wizards of Tolkien <laughs> magic him so that his, his shit still works. But uh, he's a PPE vampire now. Yeah, he's a PPE vampire. So he's like, you can't make him rules as written. <laughs> Uh, oh, he's an APOC, by the way. Uh, for those who know what that means. Um, basically, he wears a badass mask, has a bunch of symbiotes and shit, and... Uh, he, and he's a Van Helsing kind of... Or, yeah, he's a monster slayer. Yeah, monster. He's, like, a total badass. But he's aloof and cold. Again, Image Comics presents yeah. Fortune. Um, he's, he's comfortable with dying in battle. Yeah. Um, yeah, he is 90s as fuck. Um, and so he's a loner. But he's scrupulous. So let's backtrack a second. Yeah. In the old descriptions of Scrupulous, um, back before we were worried about copyright laws, 
Um, Scrupulous was described as like Dirty Harry or any Charles Bronson character, <laughs> which means you're a murderer for justice. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's just go into that. Uh, Fortune's not a nice person, but they always keep going, but he'll help people out. But he does the right thing. But he'll fuck your shit up. No. <laughs> well, I think he's... Like, he and uh, Cam are both... I think uh, they're all scrupulous. No, uh, she's unprincipled. Uh, let's see. Uh, Cam, I think, he's, is scrupulous. Uh, yeah, Silvera is... Sigurd is, an an, is anarchist. Grims, uh, Grimsby is actually miscreant. Yeah. Uh, but that brings us to our last entry, doesn't yeah. it? Oh, this is where get, things get fun. Fudari. Fudari... Is a gargoyle. Thanks, Sambietta. Um, no, this is Julius, by the way. No, there. no, I'm, I'm like saying unless, unless Sambietta was the one who inserted it. I don't know, because Sambietta That's... inserts gargoyles into everything. There's a lot of fucking gargoyles and ramps. God, they're everywhere. They're in Europe, they're in Atlantis, they're pretty much everywhere. Yeah. Right? I think they even make it to China, but I never read those. So, um, okay. Hudari is a gargoyle um, who was summoned during the Siege of Tolkien. You know, with a group of gargoyles, and they were all sent out to battle. And he's one of the survivors, so that's how he knows the group. His, oh, sorry, um, his alignment is diabolical. The most evil alignment. We have a group of people doing what they think is the right thing, but it's kind of wrong. But it's still it's revenge. But and then here's this evil motherfucking fifteen foot tall death 18 machine. Feet oh, tall. Eighteen. I'm sorry. Eighteen yeah. foot tall death <laughs> machine. That we either keep in the basement of our soup kitchen, <laughs> or in the woods. or out in the woods. Who shows up when it's murdering time? Yeah. Murder time, fun time, and uh, yeah, no, he's like. Oh, there's so many metaphors. He's like that that part of the group that's just waiting to sabotage everything. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and nobody really likes him. Mm. They just put up with him. He's he's, he's kind that of, good at murdering. He's he's that genie in a bottle that they don't want to call out. Yeah, but he's a great weapon. Yeah. So relationships, because <laughs> they they spend a lot of a lot of uh, like text space. Yeah, they do, so, and that's one of the reasons why I like it so much is because like, um, like I can do a chart, an actual physical chart. Oh yeah, want one. Um, like just do an actual like arrow chart, yeah. but um, I didn't have time for that. So like you know where each character stands with all the others. Yes, and sometimes it's like more general. Cam has the most complicated set. Yeah, because he's the leader. Yes. So he and Sabara are close. Udari is the simplest one. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> fucking hates him. Yeah. Well, there, there's, there's except a, for Sigurd. Sigurd's like, oh, you're okay, and that's complicated. So we'll start it with Cam. We'll start with Cam. Cam, uh, our burnout true Atlantean monster hunter leader. Uh, he and Severa, as we mentioned earlier, are close, uh, yeah. but no longer uh, getting freaky. They're the parents of the group, essentially. Yeah, pretty much. They're mommy and daddy. Uh, Fortune uh, can respect his professionalism, but doesn't give a fuck about him. So, yeah. Um, Sigurd, he feels, needs a guardian and guidance. Sigurd is the baby. Yeah, the, so the baby dragon needs a guardian, needs guide, a guidance. Um, he's worried about Grimsby because Grimsby, Grimsby is a loose cannon. Yeah. And uh, he is counting down the days until he has to kill Vudari. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's pretty much it. That's Ken. Silvera, our favorite objectified woman, the lone... She's know, the mom. Yeah. The token mother of the group. Um, oh, so we've already explored her and Kim. That's pretty straightforward. She feels that fortune is like a... 
a child that needs to unwind every now and again, uh, you know, unbend himself. Grimsby <laughs> is her partner in crime. However, Grimsby sometimes seems to think they're a little more than that, and so she's actively friend zoned him. That's not the word they use in there, but yeah. it's he has a crush on her, and she's not receiving. She's it. like, nope. Yeah, she sees Sigurd as a favored nephew, and she's actually one of Udari the gargoyle's advocates. Probably uh, Silvera doesn't date anyone who's under a century old. Maybe and doesn't look like model hot. Like if you're not, yeah. if you can't be model hot and be a hundred years old, like get the fuck out. And as we all know, true Atlanteans are like you know, they're super sexy. Oh god, what is Kim? Let's let's look at his physical beauty. We thank you, Kevin Sabina, for standing that out. Yes, so we have an arbitrary physical beauty sixteen. Yeah, no, yeah, he's not. He's just like, he's not I mean, she's hotter. She's got a physical beauty of twenty, unless she dresses frumpy. Yeah, <laughs> unless she dresses. Yeah, well, it doesn't actively reduce her thing. Yeah. But uh, it's like supposedly has an effect. Plot yeah. wise, I don't know. Um, so, but when she dresses to the nines, by the way, oh my god, it's so hot. Um, Actually, yeah. Sigurd's hotter. He's physical beauty is twenty two. But that's dragons. Yeah. Anyhow, um, <laughs> wait, where's Grimsby? Uh, Grimsby's got a six. He ugly because yeah. he's a temporal warrior. He's battle scarred. Yeah, I like how these yeah, the people who are literally like over a century old like don't get any battle scars even though they've been doing like adventuring for their entire life. Uh, well, you know, you go hang out in a pyramid for a while. Oh yeah, that's true. That'll yeah. fix everything. Um, okay, and she will occasionally advocate uh, the the gargoyle Vidari, and she's kind of blind to his full evil. So no. there's that. You can kind of see a class thing too, because like Grimsy's obviously the the working class. He's blue collar. He had an apprenticeship. Yeah. He worked his way up from nothing. Uh, uh, Silvera was born into it, and you know she she had all the advantage. Silver spoon in her mouth. Silver telekinesis yeah. in her mouth. And she's a golden god. Yeah, she's a golden god, and so like that's why she's not into him because he you know he yeah. wasn't born. He's not another uh, uh, elitist. So sure. anyways, right, yeah, uh, Sigurd. Um, he views Kem and Silvera as parents. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. Everybody else is like, okay, cool, whatever. Now, uh, that comes to the gargoyle. Yeah. He feels that the gargoyle respects him as a fellow monster, but he is aware that Budari is trying to manipulate him. And he doesn't appreciate that. And if push comes to shove, he will side with the rest of the group as opposed to our diabolical gargoyle. Aww. The gargoyle's not aware of this. Yeah. He thinks he's, like, being super manipulative and, you know... His IQ is 12. He's not, like, a dumb gargoyle. He's just, you know... Yeah. But he's, like, obviously not the equal of, yeah. you know, Mary Sue, Ice Dragon, Hatchling. So... No. Our I would choose Cam and Silver over, a, you know, gargoyle. Yeah, I know. He's kind of a, kind of a piece of shit. So, Most people um, would. Yeah. Tom wouldn't, but, you know. Well, <laughs> that's another story. So, Grimsby, um, our favorite endless water-carrying temporal warrior. Yeah. Who is, sadly, in the friend zone. Um, yeah. He sees Cam as a stuffy, you know, overly idealistic person. Doesn't yeah. seem to be aware of the guy burning out. But Grimsby is miscreant, so. Now, let's be fair. Grimsby would not be a good match for Silvera. Even their age difference alone, which is... She's literally like three times his age. He's thirty-one. She's one hundred forty-seven. Yeah. Uh, he he's kind of an asshole, and he's greedy. He's very materialist. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she'd see him as fun for like a quick fling, and yeah. he'd think it meant something more. And oh, then, yeah. yeah. He's very possessive. Right. He has to own things. And he would think, <laughs> oh, this is a permanent thing. She'd be like, you know, dude, that was one night. All yeah. Right. <laughs> um, 
It's over. Go back. Go back to your corner. Go back. Right, to go the, back to your dimension. Go back to the kids' table. Go All right. Back um, to the fourth dimension. Yeah. But anyhow, so our favorite Daredevil here uh, sees Chemist Duffy. He keeps having like amorous, you know, mm-hmm. expressions towards Silvera, and she's like, eh, eh, no, yeah. no, kind of, you know, pushing that away. Uh, she finds Fortune interesting, but doesn't want to delve into that. Yeah. Sigurd is kind of treated like her child, and. Um, Oh, sorry, I'm Grimsby, my bad, sorry. Yeah. Fortune is interesting to Grimsby. Uh, Sigurd is, Grimsby treats him just like, it's it's a kid. It's a fucking kid. That's all yeah. it is. Uh, and then we come to the gargoyle, that, you know, big stone wingy thing in the closet. Um, this, this one's kind of interesting. He sees him as like almost a rival, a despised equal. They're, it's like they're both aware we're both evil motherfuckers. <laughs> we will, we're here to fuck shit up. And chew bubblegum, and is there even bubblegum in Rift's Earth? Um, so I see them as kind of rivals, sort of. Yeah. They're both trying to outdo each other, but clearly, Fudarhi is more evil. But Crimsby has more traction with the rest of the group. You know, they'll put up with him more. Yeah. So Fortune, the APOC, the guy that requires. <laughs> Literally five, from another universe. Got here by accident. Badass, masked guy, masked, you know. Yeah. Image Comics character from the universe. Um, okay, who really doesn't get along with anybody, technically speaking, but he kind of likes Kem and Silvera because they're good guys. Sigurd, eh, whatever. Yeah. And actively dislikes Grim- Grimsby and Vudari because they're evil. Yeah. And he's not. And he is Charles Bronson. Yeah. With a mask. And knives. <laughs> and knives, yeah. Lots of knives. Magic swords. Oh, uh, sorry. Yeah. Magic, yeah. Um... And so Vidari, really the only thing left to say is that, yeah, he's trying to cultivate Sigurd as an ally, but he overestimates his influence, and he's actually kind of afraid of Fortune. Yeah. He knows that Fortune sees right through his shit, and he's like, oh, fuck, what do I do? So, yeah. So that's the basic relationships set up there. Um, Sorry that took so long, but... No, it's fine. We have have a lot to go through. There is a lot to go through. There's like six characters here, and uh, they've all got their own little personal backstories and everything. And that's why I found it so interesting, is because, like, all this time is spent building up these characters and who they are and what they're going through right now. Like, they they came to the Burbs to get revenge, and now, in order to hide themselves, they set up a soup kitchen and several businesses... Yeah. Uh, and now because they've been doing it so long, uh, they've been doing it for months now, and they've killed like a dozen CS soldiers, and they've wounded more, and they've they've interrupted things. They're getting to be known. They're getting the to be known. So and they're all wanted. And they're all wanted. Uh, but now because they're also doing good through the soup kitchen, at least the good aligned people are all like, oh, well, maybe just dying in battle is not such a great idea. They're having their doubts. They're having their doubts. So, yeah. like, they're at, they're at this crossroads. And, like, it's fascinating. So, like, the whole thing sort of uh, – they have several uh, adventure ideas for them. The hook, line, and sinker trademarked, by the way. Yeah. Uh, that's, that, that is not a trademark thing. You can't put a trademark tra- there. You can't – fu- I'm pretty sure that's There's, like, tons of texts on literary – Look at it, John. It's I, a, I see it. it. It's just bullshit. It's, I don't think you're allowed to do that unless he – I think <laughs> – I'm calling bullshit. Shit trademark. Okay. Well, you're not a lawyer, and neither am I. But okay, I'm pretty sure that that's 100 legal, and okay. any court of the land would throw you in jail for even doubting it. I'll be honest. Oh, I, I mean, I'll put this podcast on, but if you go to jail, I'm not paying for. That's you. cool. Yeah, All right, that's fine. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so it has these adventure hooks, and um, and but I just like the fact that you had this entire group. 
uh, that could be used for so many different adventure ideas uh, blew my mind. And for me, it thought like, why the fuck did Kevin Zimbieta try to make a Riffs movie and not base it on these guys? Like, yeah, like uh, I wanted to. What I thought is like the NBA, and better than movie. You know, Riffs really needs a long period of time to tell a story. So I thought we should make it. If you were going to make a TV show, it would obviously be about Revenge Squad Ragnarok. Well, there's just too much to contain in like two hours. Yes. Yeah. It's just like this is a full, maybe at least one core kind of thing. Yeah. No, it's a season. At least one season. Because yeah. it's all about the character relationships. And that's what they talk about. It's like you have these six people that are all living in the same circumstances and they're all dealing with each other. And there's all kinds of tension and, and the relationships are far more developed than the standard Brits player group. Yeah, um, no, it's it is, they are. I mean, I mean, to very you do see the archetypes, like guy who wasn't paying attention and chose a book at random, and that's why he made an apoc. Yeah, and goddamn it, I'll have to shoehorn you in because it'll take another two hours to make someone else. You son yeah. of a bitch. Versus, fine, I'm geez. trying to sabotage the game. You know, yeah, um, that happens. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's almost like certain characters can go that classic real man, real role player, yeah. psycho, you know. Yeah. I don't know. Is, is Severa almost the munchkin? Uh, Severa, I think, is more of the... Um, the real man's approach to playing a female? Yeah, probably. Does she have boxing? Probably. Okay. I mean, she's got... She's one, again, an, an, a, kind of a Mary Sue. Like, all those... Human, but better than human in every way. See, that's what it leans towards. Munchkin for me. Yeah. So anyway, that's that's the old archetypes with that. But yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. So yeah. No, I think a show. So yeah. So I think in this in this we're gonna be uh, doing a two part thing. First, Sean and I are gonna figure out what kind of show the the Revenge <laughs> Revenge Squad Ragnarok. Uh, should be because there's many genres this could work in. Oh, tons! And then uh, I'm going to Seattle next month, uh, and so I'm going to g- talk with Faust, and we're going to figure out we're going to plot the first season of that show, whatever Sean and I decided to do. I'm thrilled to see <laughs> how that turns out. So. Uh, we'll figure out sets. We'll figure out reoccurring guest characters uh, and that kind of thing. There's actually one on page uh, 55, I think. Proof reoccurring characters. Yes, the Madam of Hot Stuff, and unfortunately, this is—I swear—it's more Sambietta than Rosenstein. Um, yeah, no. The uh, Madam—I uh, forget the name they listed, but uh, page fifty-five. There's fifty-five right here on the right. Yeah, that's it, fifty-four. Up at twelve. Okay, so yeah, yeah. fifty-six. She's on. Yeah. Okay. This is going to be kind of problematic. Madam Rosanna Lee, an attractive fifty-five-year-old. Oriental. Yeah, that's seventy eight, all right. Uh who looks thirty-five because yeah. yeah, anyhow, reasons. Yeah. Oh, uh, you, is uh, kind of racist. Oh uh, god. That word can't, was out of circulation by that point. Okay. Yeah. No, it, yeah, it's two thousand three. Like, fucking say Asian, dude. dude yeah. That's all you gotta say. Anyhow, sorry. Also the sexist thing of like, oh she's fifty five but she looks thirty five. That's actually a racist thing. Yeah. Um, it's, it's it's not good. Uh, no, it's it's anyway, it's, but it's the word problematic. Uh, yeah, how does that like for, before we even get into the show, like uh, explain how this front operation works. So like, okay. <laughs> They're a mercenary group. Yeah. Who's secretly an insurgent group. Yeah. They accept mercenary jobs and that's their main bread and butter. But they run the soup kitchen to keep their ears to the ground because they listen to people and they help them clean out from the drug and alcohol problems and have to pick them up on their off their feet and you know yeah. And then there's also a protection agency. They do a security firm in addition to being mercenaries. 
Which mm. you'd think they'd overlap that, but no, they separate the two. Oh, it should be mentioned that they've started recruiting. Uh, yes, they have know, other people. Yeah. Who so, are mostly like anarchist, miscreant, and unprincipled. Uh, yeah, and they're, 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 they even have a listing of like, what. there's a breakdown of what OCCs they are. Uh, yeah. There's like a body fixers, there's some cyber reps, there's like six vagabonds to, you know. Uh, <laughs> Everybody knows vagabonds. And a couple other people. Uh, oh, there were some like badasses in there too. But, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. some badasses. But anyway, so they have other people to yeah. do this. So the soup kitchen is their like super nice front. The protection agency is kind of their middle front. Mm-hmm. And if we were to go, go with the. Good neutral evil thing, yeah. And then there's there's the prostitution ring because people talk in bed, yeah. And it's mostly for intelligence purposes. So that's all they do to establish. Uh, yeah. The protection agency is actually kind of a loss. Yeah. Um, the soup kitchen obviously doesn't make money. It's a soup kitchen, but it's paid for by the prostitution ring, which is quote unquote surprisingly lucrative. I yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, lots to unpack there, Uh, but (laughs) uh, one one could assume they're ethical prostitution uh, owners. Uh, I I guess? Yeah. uh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, They they make it out like it's, oh, the girls are all well-treated and nothing goes wrong ever. Well, maybe it's like that that one legal, was it the Bunny Ranch or whatever? uh, Yeah. Was it Bunny or Mustang? Something like that. Something, yeah. yeah. There's like a few, actually. Yeah. So one of those is probably what they're doing. Uh, But uh, no, (laughs) they, they explicitly state that it's run in a sleazy hotel. And the owner, who is a staunch pro-coalition guy, yeah. is paid to look the other way. And if he realized they were a front for a revenge squad, yeah. he would absolutely squeal. Yeah. Right. Uh, until the gargoyle is ordered to eat him. Right. You know, yeah. Because so. snitches get stitches. So, um, <laughs> or ripped apart by a mega-damaged demon. <laughs> I, I was being about it. But, you know, yeah. Um, so... That's their front. So, that, so they just... They had these three things. I mean... It's almost like a wire-esque sort of setup. It is. I mean, you could totally do the wire. So that's, I guess that's the first possible thing is doing a crime procedural, but like do it as the wire. Yeah, do Uh, do a full HBO, like golden age HBO. Yeah, yeah. You know, because that's passed already, unfortunately. That's kind of, I feel like, the obvious route, and and that's a good route. But I, I don't think it's the, necessarily the right Okay, part. so, I mean, what's the next, like, All right. list? Here? So I had, I come up with a list. Uh, so the first one, I think, is actually Cooking Show. Oh. Uh, seven Soup Kitchen, obviously. Uh, so every every episode, one or more, uh, like, perhaps every member of the Revenge Squad has their own recipes that they want recreated. Um, and they're asking new recruits and or people who visit the Soup Kitchen, you know, guest chefs to prepare, like... The Voldari's, uh, you know, uh, so marrow stew. Is Voldari the judge? He, or, is he the, or is he the heel of this, like, because, like, something like the, like the Iron Chef is almost mm-hmm. like a wrestling show, to be honest. Um, well, obviously, that's where you go. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, he'd be the heel. He'd be the heel. Um, so who's the main judge? Is Kem the judge? Or um, maybe it's Sigurd because he's so new and he's so honest. Like, okay. Or it could be a panel of judges. Like, okay. Maybe it's like three members. So, Grimsby, so Grimsby is the one who brings the special ingredients. So Okay, yeah, because he can jump through time and space. Yeah. And oh, by the way, uh, I forgot to mention that a note of it. Grimsby is actually British. Yeah, uh, it's it's. A, I like that they yeah. Temporal warriors in Griff's England are not associated with England other than they're in that book. But they just felt compelled to make him British. Yeah, because I guess it's in that book. I don't know. They can be from anywhere. Yeah, but they yeah. <laughs> like by the way, he was in a village in England that was going to be destroyed, and the temporal warriors showed up and protected them for an undisclosed sum, yeah. and then ran off with Grimsby and one of his neighbors. 
uh, as apprentices. I guess that was the price. I don't know. Um, they never specified that. So, uh, okay. So, so yeah, so is, a cooking show. Yeah. Um, so I think that, that, I mean, what do you, you think that, that has legs? Do you think more of like a real cooking show? I think more of an Iron Chef setup would, well, yeah, definitely, yeah, would definitely. be great for yeah. that. Because uh, it's, it's just so much drama. Yeah. You know, they have to do like the off-screen stuff too. Yeah. But yeah. No, I think that, that could work. Okay. Uh, Fortune has like mysterious... You know, exoticized recipes from... Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's a good point. He uses bizarre spices that you've never heard of. And since it's a burbs, it's like this mate, the, there's all this kind of black market dealing going on. You can have yeah. weird ingredients every episode, yeah. you know, Lagorthia, parasites. Goes, yeah, DB's like, can you cook this mysterious tentacle I found in my basement? Exactly, yeah. Um, and so. they're like, can we? Yeah. Boom. Um, now I'm not sure the main weakness of this is I don't know why they're doing this uh, it doesn't fit with their MO at all unless they're oh wait maybe the whole thing is because they found out Emperor Prosect loves cooking shows and this is just a long con to get into the archaeology so they can assassinate oh, the Emperor to make him a special guest but to do that they have to go inside yeah because Prosect would never condescend to go out into the yeah. burbs so, so the whole t- entire TV show is actually it's also secretly a thriller about assassinating the Emperor of the Coalition So, but that's like at the end of the series they've got a weird like meta plot again it's kind of like yeah. pro wrestling in that respect it's like yeah. this weird meta plot in the background yeah. of uh yeah no, I can see that. Yeah, all right. That could work. Okay. Uh, so that's the first idea I had. Um, second idea I had was actually medical drama, uh, which mm. is a huge genre. So I figured that's where we work the prostitution ring in. Um, and the and the soup kitchen to degrees. They have a body fixer. So the idea is that instead of focusing on the doctoring part, like they have the doctor, it's all about what they have to do to get supplies and various things to cure them. So it's like... It's like the doctor says, oh, it's a Splugorthian parasite. We need uh, elemental gemstones from Kaldahar or whatever. Yeah. And they, they have to go and find that. And so every episode, it's kind of like House, but the whole investigation procedure is finding the thing that will cure the people. So their Dr. House is more of a Charlie figure from Charlie's Angels. Yeah. 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 yeah I can see that. So, uh, and so Vidari is constantly sabotaging the operations because he secretly thinks the herd needs to be thinned. Oh, yeah. There you uh, go. And then that's the fact that a lot of the character a character could be injured for like a big spike episode you know it's not spike to you but you know like where they, they oh yeah combat the, trauma too like yeah. when they want to when they want to up the drama somebody mm-hmm. you know they do the operation it's successful but in the process of getting their supplies like chem is almost fatally shot yeah yeah so um yeah that would be real interesting actually yeah. so yeah maybe the whole reason they're doing that uh well i mean it's it's yeah. the, there's they're actually good people and this is part of the complication of we were here to fuck shit up. Why are we saving lives? You know? Yeah. Oh, there we go. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's like the, the the soup kitchen and the prostitution uh, and the escort service are the closest thing to hospitals the Burb has. Essentially, they're also – the characters started off as an insurgent group, but they're slowly humanizing. Yeah. After a fashion, except Fudari, who is never going to be redeemed. He's yeah. just going to get worse. Yeah. And eventually, like – What that, if he is, though? What? If, you know. Oh, well, that, that could be an arc, actually. Uh, yeah. So he's gradually brought into focus as, like – Turning his ways around, yeah. he's undeniably evil. So and I mean, he, we know that Vidari likes other monsters. Yeah. So because uh, he likes Sigurd, maybe Sigurd gets hurt. Yeah. And he has to like lighten up a little bit, so he like bumps up to Miscreant. Oh Not yeah. Aberrant. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, eventually he bumps up to like. Or maybe there's another monster uh, that can teach Sigurd, or like has a magic artifact that lets Sigurd shape change, so he can go among the humans. Maybe. Um, and then that can also be like a plot device used throughout the show. Yeah. Um, occasionally, not permanently. It's got like a time limit. You know? Yeah. 
yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, no, uh, I can see that. I like that. So, uh, I like that idea of redeeming Vidari. Uh, that, I think it's a big thing for this entire group would be trying to either redeem him or destroy him. Yeah. They, they obviously keep pointing to destroy, but when I was reading through it, I thought... Eh, you gotta redeem him. You have can. an arc. That, yeah. That's the obvious arc to go with. Yeah. Or, or better yet, it turns out Vidari's at like. Well, that's a, uh, he's a spy, oh. um, and he's actually uh, what is that thing in the NGR? The robot cyborg uh, gargoyle. Oh god, yeah, no, they have these uh, in the New German Republic. Yeah. Tracks in the NGR. Um, the New German Republic are you know up and up good guys with lots of robots and cyborgs. Yeah, uh, they are mainly pushing robots, but there is a group of spies that go into the gargoyle empire. Which I think was like Austria or Poland yeah, or somewhere, somewhere in yeah. continental Europe, um, and so they make these big robot gargoyle and gurgoyles, mostly gurgoyles, the shorter ones that don't turn into stone and have no wings. But sometimes I think they try gargoyles, and uh, they put a human brain in there. Yeah. So, so yeah, no, that that, uh, that could yeah, be interesting. That'd like be interesting. A, a big like season. Cliffhanger yeah. plot twist. Yeah, so medical drama may be a little weak on the pre- on the overall premise structure of the show. Yeah. Like uh, more more of a plot for a different thing. Yeah. Um, okay, it's first real solid one I think is reality TV, um, basing it off the profit. Uh, profit is a uh, reality show on CNBC where this uh, ultra rich uh, investor business guy invests in small business around the country and goes to them and helps them out. Uh, and I've watched, and I've talked about this before on the podcast. Every single episode is, or most of the episodes that I've seen are like, "Oh, you had a successful business, and you're doing pretty well." And then you start doing a really stupid thing, uh, and they, so maybe I'll invest in your business if you stop doing the stupid thing. And the business owner's like, mm, "I really like doing stupid thing." And then the entire episode is him, them going back and forth about like, "Super business owner really wants to do the stupid thing," and the and the, the prof is like. Oh, fucking stop it. It's it's kind of like Kitchen Nightmares, and there was a... Yeah. Oh, there was a competitor on Food Network. I can't remember the name. Okay. Well, so that that's the basic premise of the prophecy. So okay. you do that, but for other retribution squads. Like for things in the burbs. Yeah, no, no, retribution squads. Oh, okay. So it's like... Oh, okay. The revenge squad, Ragnarok, goes to advise this other retribution squad to see oh. how they're getting revenge on the coalition and see how they're fucking it up. So revenge squad Tagger, who is like, they just put a graffiti. Well, yeah, that's all they do. You know, that's not ineffective. Or like this one is like, I write manifestos in the chests of every coalition soldier I do, I kill, and it takes an hour. And I'm an artist, and I leave very detailed critiques. You know, that leaves gives them a lot of information. That's why they keep finding your safe house. Uh, because you know you're leaving all this information. You you mentioned specific streets that you're you're like you didn't put a pot you didn't fix this pothole. That's why I'm killing this guy because you didn't fix that pothole. Well, maybe they figure you live on that street because you're really pissed about that pothole. I was like, well, I really, I how else am I going to spread the message? So essentially, the other uh, the other revenge groups are pretty much Batman villains. Yeah, I mean they're really yeah, shitty they, at it. They got, they're kind of shitty. They've got a specific gimmick that they always have to use. Yeah, and uh, that's like. Why do you think you keep getting caught? <laughs> I make everything grow up with green flame. You know, have you considered you know any any type of flame is just as scary as green flame. But it has to be green flame, green. Yes, I'm envious of their success. <laughs> and I must destroy them for it. I don't think they realize. Yeah. So like, 
Kim and Silvera, they're kind of like the, the, the pros who give the, the yeah. overall advice. But then, like, every other member of the squad gives different specific advice. They're the, they're the, they're the specialists. So Grimsby's like, here's here's how you do the hit. Like, he's the tactics guy. He's like, he, how to hit and run stuff. How to keep anonymous, that yeah. kind of thing. Fort, actually, Fortune is more like anonymity, uh, keeping a low profile. Focusing, yeah. yeah. Uh, Sigurd would be, like, on magic. And... Budari's called in if they're just not being vicious enough. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I can see that. Uh, so I feel like that, that has less. That, uh, that, could, that could work, actually. Because uh, you could do a whole season. Every season is just a different revenge squad yeah. fucking up in a different way. And, and again, yeah, no, that, that's, there's plenty <laughs> of ways that can go wrong. Yeah. Uh, um, so. Then obviously the, we can go the reverse route and do a cartoon, but make it like a Saturday morning, oh, you know, kids cartoon, God. revenge squad Ragnarok uh, fighting the Coalition. It's just like Captain Planet, only yeah. the, the villains are the Coalition, you know. So uh, Grimsby's, everybody's alignment shifts up a few. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um Budari is the Raphael of the group. Yeah, Budari's like, oh, you puckish rogue. <laughs> I mean, well, that's what everybody says of Budari. He's rude. He's, he takes more pizza than he should. And he, he sometimes actually hurts people. Yeah, he's the goofus yeah. in every single yeah. uh, Cam is Cam and Severa obviously gallants. Um, oh, yeah. Fortune is going to be more of a pensive, thoughtful figure. Yeah, he's probably like the White Ranger. Yeah. Um, you know, and Ranger. Grimsby is. Is he the Michelangelo? Yeah, yeah, he has to be. He, he has he, to be. He goes from being edgy and dark to being, you know, because his role got taken over by Fudari to being kind of like freewheeling care mm-hmm. because he had the whole like six, you know successive you know dares thing kind of comes up. So um, Sigurd, oh, he could be the Donatello slash nerd of the group because uh, oh. instead of being an adventure, you know, they do mention we didn't mention earlier is that he has a magic staff that he doesn't know what it does. Oh yeah, True. so like every episode he figures out a different use of the staff and like that's his nerdy gadget is <laughs> like him trying. He's like, hey guys, let's figure this out. Ooh, I learned about. It can also get them into trouble. Yeah. So, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. But uh, every every episode, Sigurd trying to like he learns something new in school. Because uh, he shapes us into a kid. Well, he's kind of an ingenue yeah, in yeah. this case. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I can see that. Yeah. But he shapes us into a kid, and that's why he goes to the Burbs uh, Elementary School So we and obvi- befriends all the other kids. We obviously kind of, like, brush over the Nazi elements of the Coalition in this oh, case yeah. to make them more of, like, your school authority figures. Uh, no, they're, they're, they're bad guys, but, like, Cobra bad guys. Yeah, like, yeah. They've always, you know... They're or always Decepticon op- bad guys. Yeah, they're always operating at the same base, but yeah. they've got little groups that come up and... Uh, like a small arc. They're trying to blow up the the, the laser skate rink, you know. Uh, uh, they want to shut down the soup kitchen because they're yeah. bad people. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. That's yeah. the that's the big battle over the soup. And uh, the ho- we just kind of do The it. Hot Stuff uh, Cafe. Yeah, Hot Stuff Cafe. It's a, it's <laughs> it's a coffee shop yeah. known for its uh, attractive baristas. All right. What was it? What was the thing in Power Rangers uh, that they always hung out? Uh, I don't remember. Uh, well, it's same thing Same thing as that. Not like yeah. coffee place, but like a banana or like a... Like know. a a diner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they've got, a, they've got a diner known for its waitresses. <laughs> Huh? Yeah, uh, yeah. So, so that that's the main conflict with that. <laughs> God, I like that. I no, think that has like that. That, uh, that could be fun. That could uh, be fun, and uh, lots of marketability ideas uh, yeah. for for toys and stuff like that. So, yeah. um, of course, the other option with cartoons though is comedic, uh, and this would be the Archer. Or Bob's Burger route, yeah. and, and so you have two options there, really yeah. two two main routes. One is how crude do you want to go, like in the, in the Archer route or Bob's Burger route. Well, really, well, I think those are the two over. options. Like, yeah. I think Archer is different than sort of. I mean, they're both. Uh, you, li- you, you do, I think the Archer route might Bob's work Burger is life affirming, and Archer is very cynical. Yeah, yeah, I think the Archer route would work better because of the sheer amount of fucking evil in this group. <laughs> um, you know, like oh god. Damn it, 
food to Arya. You weren't supposed to eat him. What? It was delicious. Exactly. <laughs> He's the Krieger of the group. Yeah. Uh, Grimsby is like... Is Grimsby Archer? No, well, that's a good question. Yeah, yes. who's the main character? Because Kim's too much. He's too, he's too good. Yeah. Um, Silvera. No, is, Grimsby is because he's in love with yeah. uh, Silvera and she won't return yeah. his calls. So there's the romantic tension right there. Right. And so and he's like fucked up enough to do the horrible <laughs> things that Archer's known for. Yeah. Uh, I think Grimsby's the main character yeah, in the Archer that, spinoff. And that's, I'm totally cool with that. Um, yeah. So, oh, yeah, you get a British voice actor? Yeah. With colorful accent, you know, and uh, uh, you get somebody with like uh, I don't know. Does it say where in England he is? Uh, uh, for, it just says a village in England. I, I, southern England. So, oh, southern. So, we, so uh, I don't know the regions. Where I'm not. Of. Yeah, this is, we're not expert on dialect. I mean, I know a few different like accents uh, here and there, but it's like mo- most of the ones that are notable go like further north. Yeah. Um. So. Meh. Yeah. So what? I mean, obviously, I, mean, I, could... I don't want to go full cockney with him. I think that's just. Overdone. Not so, for a main character. No. Um, but something more interesting. Sigurd's like uh, the cute idiot who destroys things without, you know, the ingenue, but like... What? Oh, what was her name? Um, Carol, Cheryl... Oh, the secretary? Yeah, yeah. 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 Kind of like that. Yeah, yeah. kind of like that. She, Sigurd just like, yeah, paste-eating idiot. Um, <laughs> but indestructible. Highly intelligent, indestructible, yeah. has no clue what he's doing. Yeah. Uh, so. Fortune is like... Kind of the more... That's more of the pan. Yeah, I can see that. Um, Silvera is like... Uh, well, Silvera's Lana, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kim would be, I guess, kind of the Mallory of sorts. Kind of. Like, he's That's burned, out, thing, yeah. burned out and cynical by now. But he's trying to do the right thing, but... Yeah. yeah. And yeah, uh, so... So it's not the exact same... Obviously, it's not the same dynamic. You need your own dynamic. Yeah, but I mean, it, we can see rough parallels. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so but, every episode is about them fighting, you know, choosing... So it's the same plot, basically, but done in a comedic way. Yeah. Uh, as they escalate things. Uh, so I like that. Yeah, yeah. That, uh, that could be fun. And again, it's nice to see somebody else kind of taking a center stage there. Yeah, uh, no, I lo- Yeah, no, I, I felt that, that really Silvera and Vudari would dominate almost any plot. We really? Yeah, no, yeah. Well, Vudari, he's, yeah, he's definitely... No, Vudari's a major, like, center yeah. point for the whole thing. It's, it's the center, time. yeah, the conflict, yeah. Uh, that's a good thing. So the next uh, uh, route is uh, soap opera. Now, so there's there's soap opera. I think there's three flavors. Okay, standard soap opera, passions, telenovela. Yes. So, passions I, I think is the m- most obvious route because I kind of want to see more telenovela. Telenovela. Okay. They're, 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 it's so Explain true. your thinking. Um, well, they're already working with the sexual <laughs> tension that everything works with. Yeah. Uh, part of it is it's just ah, passions is. It's fucking awesome, actually. Okay, yeah. no, it's, it's hilarious. I actually watched it while it was on sometimes. And it was just like, I just saw a witch surf on a shop sign through a flood in the middle of a landlocked town. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. There was an orangutan. If there was anything that was going to fit riffs, it's that. Yeah. Um, but it seems too obvious. Okay. And standard soap opera is kind of just boring. You would have to tone down all the riff stuff. Right. Telenovelas, they can get a bit crazy sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like... And now he's a race car driver. Why? Just because. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And now he's a juicer. Yeah. Pretty much so, yeah. And now there's true Atlanteans. Why? (laughs) Well, there is always at least one true Atlantean. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, now everyone's a true Atlantean. So I think telenovelas have like this habit of getting crazy, but not passions crazy. So who plays the General Eastmo? Um, ooh. Ooh. Um, hmm. Is it literally Emperor Prosec or is it Bordari? I kind of 
kind of want to see Wudari like bumped up in intelligence. Okay. Like Prosec is like the government. Yeah. Right. So he'll occasionally show up on some like influential level. Yeah. But Wudari's t- going to be against Prosec, but trying to pull the strings in the group. Okay. So we we bump his intelligence up. Um, so he's super smart. He's already like above average. Yeah, no, I, I say we put him above Sigurd's level. Sigurd okay. knows he's being manipulated, but can't figure out. How All right, so he's he's, he's got like blackmail on Sigurd. Oh, uh, black, yeah. What 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 what? How could you blackmail someone who's under two years old? Uh, because of their naivete. Okay. You convince them that they must have done something wrong. Oh, so you that's a very like, telenovela thing. Yeah, yeah it's just like. They, they don't. They've never actually done anything wrong, but yeah. you've convinced them that they have. So, oh. like, no, no. Do you remember that battle? Do you remember the orphans? <laughs> you let them die, Sigurd. Oh, yeah. Your ice flame burned them <laughs> to death. <laughs> to the death. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, and Grimsby's like kind of like the se- the, the second banana villain. He's not yeah. like answering to him, but kind of kept in check. Yeah. Uh, kind of get, puts Pudari on his feet. Uh, Fortune is sort of like the uh, the other man, sort of. Grimsby wants to be the, the other man. Yeah. Kevin Severa, the central... So yeah, that's Grimsby's yeah. potty. He's always trying to show off. He's trying to show trying off. Trying to prove off. But Fortune is the potential real other man. Yeah. Oh. So it's, like a, it's not a triangle. It's like a romantic square. Like well, that's Televelis for you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's more complicated. You gotta have but, more. You can't but, have a triangle. Severa can't help but notice that Fortune is intense and oh. dark mysterious and that's kind of attractive I guess so um, yeah you gotta give fortune something he's kind of yeah he's not there's not much to work with in the original you, you add a few things so yeah, yeah unless you oh oh, oh you yeah. add a character from more, more uh, people from uh, fortune's past show up oh yeah now uh, more people from his mysterious foreign land yeah uh, Ormwood show up you get like a what were they called a holy uh, a holy terror shows up all of them have mustaches they all have mustaches, and they all now refer, they have mustaches. They all refer to events, yeah, and then look at the camera and it zooms in, and they play that There's like kind of stinger, kind yeah, of. little stinger kind of thing goes on, yeah. But they never explain them. Oh no, <laughs> it's it's all mis- very dark and mysterious and kind of sinister. But really, he's a good person. Yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. Uh, I like that. That's yeah. movie sensual, so you know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Boy, yeah. Uh, I like that. I like that. I like that. Um, so next genre I was thinking of maybe talk show. Ooh. Now, talk show. There's obviously different routes. The the obvious one I think is the Jerry Springer uh, trash TV kind of thing. Uh, but you could also go. I think you could go full Ellen on this. You could go oh. hopeful and inspirational. Uh, so if we did like the. Like midday or even late night talk show. The, the Ellen. Oh yeah, there's yeah, there's yeah. also the the yeah daytime versus late night. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah there's a lot of choices night, in talk. Like with late night, there's like you can have your host, co-host, band leader. Mm-hmm. Frequent, yeah, let's talk about late, late night. Frequent joke character that shows up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so who's the host? Do you think? Uh, host, I don't. I think. I think we're gonna have to go back to Grimsby. I think he's got more comedic chops. Um, and he's he's vicious enough to say the horrible thing. Oh yeah, no, he's and an he's, asshole, and he's smart enough to actually make it kind of witty. Yeah. Besides, uh, what was that guy's name? Uh, Scott's guy. Uh, he's got a late night show now. Craig Ferguson. Yes, he yeah. can kind of pull. Uh, it's a British accent, but still, it's offset enough to make him stand out. Cute angry comments. Uh, we're English or not? Scottish? Blah 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 blah. Uh, I, yeah. I know. I was. I, I don't. Know. I, I'm acknowledging the difference. I'm just yeah. saying, like you know. Uh, whatever accent we choose, uh, Grimsby to really have. Yeah. Um, he's a Geordie. No, um, yeah. 
So yeah, he's he's uh, the main. He's definitely the host. Grimsy has to be the host because he has the. Who's the ben- okay? Who's the co-host then? Uh, All right, co-host. That that's a good choice. That's a good that's a good question. Do you want to go with like Kim uh, to kind of offset the evil? He's more affable. Uh, yeah, but kind of like the Edmund done man with, done with this shit. Like yeah. oh god, you're gonna do it again. Yeah. Um, or do you have more of like an Andy Richter who's like kind of a like a nice but kind of uh, naive kind of guy like Andy? So Richter. would that be Sigurd? Or that Fulcher? would definitely be Sigurd. Okay, so Sigurd, my, my big. I, I I could see either one. I don't know. Okay. Um, uh, so then we need a band leader. I think Silvera. I think Silvera? She, I, th- I think she would have the charisma. Sure, band leaders are typically kind of like played up as not perfect, but yeah, you know, they're they're just generally it's an all around good person. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, no, I can see that. So that I mean, and they're also team players, and I don't see Vidari being a good band leader. No, okay. So is Vidari the joke character that shows up as the heel kind yeah. of? Yeah. And then Fortune's the other guy that shows up. He's the he's the cameraman. Oh, okay, yeah, that they always joke around with. Yeah, he's yeah. just like, are you done? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, okay, no, I can see that. Um, so, so that's late night. I feel as far as the Jerry Springer, that's like one episode. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Uh, that's like some Maury Povich shit going on. Well, I, yeah, that, I, I mean, as a show, like I feel like that's Kim is the guy. You know, he's trying to he's trying to be above it all. Yeah, uh, he's but, trying to do the right thing. Yeah, and then they have the guests on. And Vidar is actually the the enforcer. He's the one who breaks oh, up yeah, the fight. Yeah, because then you he's know, there's Steve. Because um, he adds to the chaos, and that's going to be great. Yeah, uh, or uh, Fortune. I could see either one doing either one. Maybe like it's toss up. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So is there like a moment where like. Severa's the the therapist. I was gonna say, I don't know. It's like Severa, I guess, because she's actually being a she's she's their psychological expert slash you know therapist type who's like, this is why this person's fucked up. Sigurd is that audience member you see in every show. (laughs) (laughs) Because there's always that like one guy or girl you see in multiple shows that just keeps showing up, and I don't know why. Okay. Um, yeah, there's not many cast members. uh, No, not really. No, it's it's like harder to spread out. You can actually, yeah, you could have. But there must be like. There's like those guests that like keep showing up mm-hmm. like five million times. Well, you could actually, yeah, with this cast, you could have two talk shows, a late night and a... Uh, oh, yeah. Time. Yeah, so, so. Uh, if you split it off. So I think Sigurd could actually hold a show if he was doing like the... If he was an Ellen type. Like... Yeah, true. Could you see that? Like, kind of nice about it and like kind of dance around a lot. But he still likes war, so he's like, it's still like, there's a lot of stuff blowing up. He's still doing the conflict at it. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, he'll like put you in a corner to see what you do. He's just really excited about this battle, guys. Look at this video. Isn't that amazing? That stuff blowed up, blowed up real good. Now I'm going to freeze this, uh, I'm going to freeze this car and there's some coalition guys in it. Let's see what happens. So like, it, his, so his pranks like, are it, literally ambushes. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it, wasn't it so funny? I mean, look at the look on his face. Look at his face. It's frozen. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, no, I can see that. <laughs> I think I would watch that. I uh, would probably. I, I would be inspired by that. Okay, yeah. No, so, I can see that. Uh, and he could do little dances with guests because he'd love to do that. He wouldn't be too cynical to do a dance with guests. No, I mean, he's anarchist. He's and not. he's really excited, interested about everything. So yeah. he'd be a great interviewer. He's anarchist. Tell me more about your uh, book. He's yeah. anarchist. He's not a dick. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, I could see that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so that's, yeah, so the multiple routes for talk shows. So a lot to work with there. Uh, then, of course, uh, but on the other hand, maybe we want to do educational TV. <sighs> Shy Town Street? Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Is our Big Bird evil in this? <laughs> no, the Sigurd is Big Bird. You want Sigurd? Okay. So Sigurd is. Well, you thought Vidari was Big Bird? That could be funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. It would be funny. But I would, he's clearly the grouch. 
Eat the glass, children. Eat the glass. <laughs> wow, you clearly... Uh, so Oscar. he, like, bumps up from the basement. Like, yeah. He just, like, pushes up a piece of concrete. Or he just stands over the trees and is like, hey, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, children. He also counts. He could also be the count. Oh, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, and obviously, I guess for, like... So, Cam and Silvera, I don't know the name. Like, they, they had, like, frequent, like, human Yeah, yeah they're the main point. human hosts. Things are growing great. So, you're, not, you're sure saying it's a big bird and not an Elmo? Uh, I mean, size-wise, he's a big bird. I mean... Dragons can change size. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, what's Grimsby, then? Is he... Is, is Grimsby our... He's not, he's not a big bird. Is he our kind of evil Grover? Uh... <laughs> Near far! I have been space and time! <laughs> <laughs> two dimensions. Oh, we're in three dimensions. You want to see what two dimensions I can? Thunk. And now children stare into the fourth dimension. <laughs> wow. Uh, Hypercube. Um, wow. Yeah. No. I guess that's that's a thing that's happening now. Uh, so Fortune. Where does he fit? It? Is he more of like some of the? Who's the Fortune? He does those standalone segments. What? Wait. What? Is he the justice monster? <laughs> oh, I love justice. The stabby, 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 stabby. <laughs> oh my god. He is now. Like, that's amazing. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love nothing more than justice. You just inspired me there, okay? Yeah. That was great. <laughs> New base greatest character. Um, yeah, no, really. Um, uh, model your extra dimensional monster slayer after the cookie monster. <laughs> Uh, I can't believe we haven't done this before. Like, um, so yeah, that's that's amazing. Um, um, oh, you could go more of the Barney route. Yeah, um, the Barney route. Follow me on this. Okay. Yeah, yeah you, you you go with sinister evil Barney. Okay. He acts nice. Mm-hmm. He acts like he's above it all, but his messages are like subtly subversive. So oh, is this Vidari? Yes. <laughs> and oh, his God. sidekick Sigurd. Yeah. <laughs> trying to teach children. About why... Uh, and Sigurd gets more and more uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> you know, children, I just have something very special to tell you. I love you so much, and I would hate for those coalition bastards to warp your minds. Humanity is imperfect, but it can be modified. But if it can't be modified, perhaps... Children, do you know what cockroaches are? <laughs> that kind of level of the vocabulary level might be a little above. Uh, well, that, that's kind of the yeah, yeah. that's kind of the joke behind it. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, well, an educational TV isn't just limited to kids, though. This is true. Uh, so I was thinking maybe you could do a Bob Ross kind of thing uh, oh. with Kim, but for like monster slaying techniques and like uh, like or this old uh, monster slayer's arsenal. I don't. I'm kind of picturing the painting with Kim and just uh, his burnout slowly evolving over the series. Yeah. Okay, we're going to paint this and everybody's happy. It's wonderful. All right, this is the ruins of Tolkien. And I was with a group of 100 soldiers and we fought. <laughs> and there's six of us left now. So that thousand yard stair starts kicking. Happy little gravestones. And so I suppose we have to honor the dead. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, well, no, I was thinking, I mean, he's 183, he's 183 yeah, years old. I think he's got some mental maturity, uh, emotional maturity, and he's, he's coming out of it. So I, I see, like, it's it's a Bob Ross or this old house kind of thing, uh, okay. where it's, but instead of painting or fixing up a house, it's preparing monster slaying tools. Okay. Yeah. So it's like, okay, now we're going to get some good, we're going to find some good uh, oak for these stakes, and yeah. hey, now whittle away from, don't don't whittle towards uh, your hand, you don't want to cut yourself, blood's bad. Uh, um. 
Well, we've got this special kind of uh, nanite here, nanite grenade, that prevents bioregeneration. Yeah. Um, they're very expensive, but, you know, if used properly, they're highly effective. What's about crafting? Like, yeah. monster slaying on the budget. So, yeah. so it's, it's every episode okay. is him making... Um, so he makes the grenade that has the... Yeah, yeah. Here's how to make your own... Yeah. Uh, I've reprogrammed these nanites using a simple tool you can download free online. <laughs> um, here's the website. Yeah. The create, I mean, I, you know, I've worked, talked to the creator. They're totally cool with it. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. Okay. Uh, I can do that, yeah. So, yeah. So, wooden stakes and all this other stuff. So, uh, I think all of them could do an educational show. Possibly, yeah. It depends. Like, Grimsby can teach you about... Silvera would actually be kind of a new age meditation. Oh, she'd be great for yoga and uh, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. meditation workout tapes. Maybe, yeah, because she's like... <laughs> because the yoga well, be, Or psychic power exercising. So, yeah. like, imagine exercise, ta- exercise tapes, but for telekinesis. So, kind of like, kind of a new agey... Uh, yeah, new age instructional. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, Sigurd. What would Sigurd teach? Uh, Sigurd's definitely yeah more of a kid's thing because he yeah. would be uh, yeah. I mean, I see him going to school as Grimsby a kid. can give us TED talks on uh, time and space. Oh, yeah. really good ones. Yeah, and t- time, space, and uh, war trauma. Yeah, to phrase it lightly. In a uh, you know, actually, Fortune. I think he'd be great as a Kinsburn narrator for the history of Wormwood. <laughs> Uh, and he just he just have to be hand drawn pictures. He just pan and scan over hand drawn pictures of Wormwood because we have no other references. So and then voiceover like, for like letters. At the end of every episode, this is all entirely based on his testimony. We have no other sources. We don't even know if this universe exists, but he came from it, so we're assuming he's telling the truth. Near mother, yeah. The parasites have spread further. <laughs> I don't know if I can survive this uh, the next wave. Yeah, I'm thinking of you. Keep in your thoughts and prayers. Yeah. Love. Fortune. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And Vidari, uh, you know, maybe maybe as an educational thing for adults, he would maybe be teaching like the gargoyle language, maybe a little gargoyle culture. Uh, to but would he be one of those dicks that tries to teach you all the bad words first? Oh yeah, clearly. <laughs> you want to? You don't want to learn to speak gargoyle. You want to kick oh, ass in gargoyle. You know what? We we haven't even mentioned travel shows. Oh god, yes. No, imagine Vidari and Sigurd doing a travel show. Uh, yeah, no. Um, obviously, there's some connection to South America eventually because they've heard so much about it from yeah. Ken and Silvera. But, but imagine he was doing like Vidari's like Anthony Bourdain. Uh, and he <laughs> wow, that's a comparison. Yeah. Um, well, like he's doing the anti Bourdain thing of traveling around eating various foods, only eating, eating various people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. uh, yeah. And Sigurd can yeah. technically go along with this without yeah. it being cannibalism. Yeah. Uh, well. I found these NGR guys need a little more salt. Yeah. Um, Their rations give them a weird flavor, yeah. Yeah, and the, the frequent power usage sort of dulls their uh, their nerves a bit. Yeah. Um, it's best not to scare them first. They can't see it coming. Yeah, cracking over the power armor shell is going to take some time, and you're going to get little bit, bits in it, in the meat, and that, that you're just going to be spitting out servos and gears and screws for hours. I recommend... Borrowing their vibroblade. Uh, also, bring an extra thing of hot butter, uh, melted butter. God. Uh, if you're a dragon, uh, you don't have ice breath. Unlike some people, then maybe you can, you know, use your own breath to uh, warm the butter up. I found that sometimes it helps to cr- to crack the shell if I just start leaning forward and turn to stone. <laughs> <laughs> it just sort of gets, gets it all done. It's tenderizing. Yeah, it gets it all done quickly. Yeah. 
Uh, God, we haven't even talked about that. Yeah. So yeah, travel show. Uh, that that's obviously a spinoff because obviously we're they're set in the burbs. But oh, maybe just an eating show uh, where they go yeah. and eat the various diners and cuisines because it's a melting pot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Shy Town, Yeah. Like all the different DB cultures, actual yeah. American cultures. Uh, I mean, it's a little overlap the cooking show, but like I mean, yeah. yeah Kim and uh, actually Kim and uh, Silvera would be great hosts. Oh yeah, they'd be like more upbeat about it. Although Kim, their is palates are so. Uh, vary because they've had you know hundreds of years of they, they've traveled from one continent to another yeah I mean I don't think assuming not uh, uh, dimensions and shit like that yeah so I can see that it yeah. specifically says Kim did some uh, work in Atlantis too so yeah. he's obviously traveling so yeah no, that's, that's a huge like yeah. mind blowing experience as far as uh, various foods it's like the dimensional market yeah. so yeah uh, so coming up in the uh, so small town mystery we talked about this in RPPR this is true uh, so obviously this is perfect for small town mystery I mean, it's obviously a massive urban sprawl, but but you can you can condense it. I think. Well, I mean, they have it already condensed to a neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, so Cam and Silvera run the soup kitchen. We take out the mercenary element. Yeah. Follow me on this. Okay. Uh, the prostitution rings is secretly being used to fund it by somebody else in the group who wouldn't be opposed to it. Cam doesn't know about it at first. He reveals it eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, we. Are exposed to all the characters in various respects. Yeah, and we're led to believe Budari is the main ba- is the big bad. Yeah, he isn't. He's just a dick. Yeah. Um, no, you have to have that fake out. The real villain is going to be Grimsby. Ooh, because he can fuck with time. I still feel that's too obvious. I feel like Silvera or Kim should be the bad guy. Not Fortune. Uh, who thinks he's doing the right thing? So he's got this whole Torquemada vibe. I mean, no, it has to be the person you least suspect. Sigurd, you can suspect. Yeah. So you think maybe Silvera is really behind it and she's leading the Cam astray, or is it Cam leading Silvera? It has astray? to be Cam, because he's the most heroic. Okay. So he's burned out and he's just like, this is all hopeless anyways. Yeah. I'm really secretly saving your lives. So, I mean, these small town mysteries you can you can have different flavors of, and you can either be like super serious or like kind of surreal mysteries like Twin Peaks. You yeah. can have more comedic like Gravity Falls or super soap opery like Riverdale. Well, what what flavor of small town mystery would you be leaning? Or like crazy adventure bullshit fighting powers thing, JoJo thing? Yeah, yeah JoJo. Um, I don't know. I kind of. I actually kind of want to see a JoJo treatment of riffs, so I, I would lean towards that. Like, okay, so riffs does JoJo or JoJo does riffs? JoJo does, does riffs. Does, that's a totally different beast. Yeah. Uh, no, JoJo does riffs. It has to be wow. JoJo. It has to be riffs viewed through JoJo. Uh, so everyone has stands, although they don't necessarily call it stands, but they treat them like stands. You know, by the time Araki got done with that, you would never recognize it, right? Well, no, no, no. Like we, we just do a pre. We, we, we don't like. Oh, okay, and I'm saying like, go, yeah. If you went full Araki on this, by the time it got fully chewed up and spit out, it's like, yeah. what am I even looking at? Yeah, uh, no, no, you not, uh, not, not. No, no, no. Um, I can see that. Let's see. That's how I would do. It. But yeah. what, what is your problem? Um, I kind of want to go with the big twisty, you know, kind of dark, but mystery with a few comedic elements. Mm-hmm. More again, the dark humor, gallows humor kind of thing going on. Sure, that's what I what I personally go for. It seems like the obvious answer, I know, but so uh, sometimes you work. You so just, more like Twin Peaks or Gravity Falls. I think Twin Peaksy. A bit. Twin Peaks, yeah. yeah, because there's a lot of weird mysteries you can summon from the rift. Yeah, I mean, we, you could do a bit, you could give us a really like surreal or magical fantasy, uh, urban fantasy slash noir look. Like, you could kind of... Because this is a big city. It's supposed to look like a big city. You can kind of never wear that shit um, a little bit, I think. Dark city. Yeah, I mean, the rest of the city doesn't have to be involved. Or a durarara. Do what? Durarara is an anime that's based in one specific neighborhood. Oh, okay. That people have superpowers and there's mysterious shit going on. So, yeah. But it's relatively low-key. You know, okay. people in the streets. So, yeah, something like that. So, like an urban fantasy noir. Yeah. Um, I I can see that happening. 
Um, yeah. That's the person. mean streets of the burbs. Yeah. And you could easily pull in other characters, yeah. but everybody knows everybody in the hood. So, yeah. you know. Um, so we kind of touched on this a little bit, but the last genre, and I feel like this is this is the, this is going to be the one, but uh, I'm not 100% convinced, is sitcom. So sitcom because, like, you have these six people. There's, I think, a lot of comedic potential. Yeah. Um, what 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 are you thinking in terms of model? So I do you want me to go first or do you want to go? First? Um, I'm just gonna like make a general statement. Obviously. Okay, go. it has to be an ensemble show. Yeah, because every character there's six show. main characters. Yeah, like Seinfeld. I know it's called Seinfeld, but it was still an ensemble show. Everybody had their moment to shine. Yeah. Um, Arrested Development obviously is a good model for this. Yeah, sort of. Uh, but I mean. I'll let you go first with this one because I think maybe you've probably got a great idea and I can just build on it. Uh. Well, it's not necessarily great. I just I'm just sort of thinking this out loud. Um, but uh, yeah, definitely I think uh, Arrested Development is the the model to go because it's a dysfunctional. If you view view this as a dysfunctional family, true. Um, and you have a, a disillusioned patriarch, a uh, idealistic, but a little too perfect. She obviously have to have yeah. more flaws built in matriarch. Um, the idiot child Sigurd, yeah. The uh, rogue son Grimsby. I, th- I would see Vidari is more of like a yeah. Vidari needs the most work in terms of this. I think he'd be more of like an associate of the family. Yeah, who's a total. Dick. See, I would do more to like bring him in, like uh, than we, anything else. He's he's a monster, but he's a likable monster. So you get, you make him a little less. I mean, likable to the audience. Like everyone else is aggravated. So by you him. make him like Larry David. Yeah. Um, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> personable, but still kind of a bad person. Yeah. No. Uh, definitely like, a bad person. Like the Larry David show. Kind of, oh, so it's curb your enthusiasm sort of yeah. level of like dick, unintentional dickishness. Yeah. Just selfish. It's just who he murders that week. Yeah. Uh, and they're all bad people. Uh, but it's well, just what inconveniences. Well, if they you go with like those two models we laid out, yeah, everybody's a bad person, technically speaking. Oh yeah, no, they're none of them are good. Yeah. Keep in mind, these are all soldiers who are burned out and were so addicted to war they went, they started a new war. I hate saying it, Fudaria needs less work than Silvera for this model. Uh, Silvera yeah. is a little too. She's very Mary Sue. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, Kim and Savoy are both married. Grimsby is really easy. I almost see yeah. like a Jobish figure. Yeah. <laughs> it's No, he's very Jobish. Yeah, yeah it works perfectly. Uh, Fortune uh, is the person who's... Tri- oh, yeah, Fortune, yeah. He's trying to be the good guy, but everything he does turns we to... We need to add things. So, like, uh, Fortune... Um, yeah. I think, like, no matter what, he's just... he's Fortune is an ironic term. Yeah, oh, yeah. He he's, has bad luck. Every so, time he does something, he's doing the right thing. He means the right thing. He's very skilled. But when he actually goes out to do the thing of any importance, it backfires. Well, I think maybe – maybe. well, that, I like that. But uh, what I was thinking was that his biggest problem is his poor vocalization of his desires. Like he just doesn't know how to express himself. Okay. He doesn't know. So like he uh, – people keep doing things that he doesn't want to do or makes him uncomfortable until he finally explodes and goes kill something because they just won't – they don't understand him. And so – uh, oh, uh, Fortune, can you go uh, look after the escort agent uh, service? You know, they have a problem with the clients. So he mumbles under the mask a little bit. Yeah, and he's like, no, I don't want to do that because I have a crush on one of the prostitutes there. And, like, I I, I desperately don't want to go there. And but instead he goes, oh, I don't know. I mean, I guess I... All right, good, great. We're going. And then, but, 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 yeah. So is Milton. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. He's so okay. he's... Uh, murder a, Milton. Yeah, he's murder <laughs> Milton. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of this is going to be, like, just hyper-violent, obviously. Oh. They, they're all murder hobos. Again, to that archer level of yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. So uh, fortune is is characterized by poor vocalization. Uh, Grimsby, both he he's lusting after Silvera. 
Uh, also, he's lusting over material things, and he's just him dealing with poor impulse control. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Kim uh, is probably the hardest. Like he's um, he's a Michael a George Michaelish figure, so he's prideful to yeah. a point. Yeah, um, he's prideful, and he's also thinking he's doing the right thing, but he's just getting everybody more and more in trouble. But he also can't. But mostly it's because he doubts himself. Yeah, because remember, all right. So their overall plan is to cause a ma- to bring the Burbs and Kai Town uh, G Town to a. Uh, just blow everything up. They're, they're trying to go out in a blaze of glory. And so Kim is actually really good at what he does. And so he's setting that up. And then he's like, oh, wait, no. By the end of the season one, like, no one wants to do it. And then it happens anyway as he tries to stop it. And then, like, the everything just explodes. So, you know? yeah, that, that's uh, Michael Bluth. It's like uh, a massive war. It, he's cat wrangling. Yeah, yeah. Uh, essentially, is really what he's doing. But he doesn't know what he wants. And he doesn't want to. He thinks he's. And his problem is also he thinks he's a better person than he really is. Because he's. Yeah. <laughs> He's Michael Blue. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Essentially, uh, that works perfectly. So Silvera, yeah, is also Silvera takes a lot of work. Yeah, because everybody else we can just easily shoehorn in in a small sort of way. If we dare, we just make more likable. But you know, uh, you still have to make her likable, but flawed. But Silvera, how do we make turn her from a little too perfect feminine object yeah. into a human being? Into a human being. We don't want to make her into like a harpy or a, a, oh, God, a, no. a, yeah, some sort of stereotype. So um, I mean, Silvera, yeah, uh, I think. Uh, part of it could also be pe- people from her past showing up, and um, oh, you know what? Maybe she came here because she was a she's a she uh, is a big fish in a small pond here, and in, back in South America, she was just another like regular another Achilles neo human, yeah, uh, you know, a godling among go- among godlings, and uh, so she's got this inferiority complex. So all of her, so she keeps overdoing everything. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know, I can see that. And so, and then when her relatives keep showing up from yeah. South America, they just show up, and they are the perfect golden gods. Yeah, and uh, she's just like envious, really. Yeah. Like envy and uh, self doubt are her main, you know, yeah. sins. Okay, no. I'm so I, I, I mean, I don't know how likable that's going to be, but um, I think I think that could work. I mean, yeah, there is a problem in a lot of sitcoms with making the, the female characters unlikable. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I mean, but I think you know we, another route actually. Now that I think about it, mm-hmm. Pam uh, in Archer, make her like Pam. She's just a fucking murder machine who doesn't give a fuck. Uh, and what if? Okay. That and that's what, and that, that sort of spins the frumpy thing on her head. She's just like, I don't care. I'm just going to kill more people. What if, okay, on that route, yeah. I know this is going to sound horrible. What if you don't make her physically perfect? No, no, no. Keep her physically perfect. Okay. No, oh, wait. I got this. Okay. We, we switched some of the characteristics with Silvera and Vidari. Uh, Vidari is actually the one who is a big fish in a small pond and came here. And now he... And that's why he's such... He's he's, project, he's overcompensating because he wants... Back in Gargoyle Land, you know, he you have to be as evil and as powerful as possible. And that's what he's been... In. So, yeah, he's just used the whole idea. And now everyone views him as that way. And he's just like, I gotta keep killing people, otherwise they won't like me anymore. I uh, got my role in the group. Yeah, he got yeah. my role in the group. And he's desperately afraid of being alone, actually. So, secretly, he's... Actually, yeah. not that bad of a guy. Yeah, and Silvera, you just give her really what would happen if you gave a human all those powers. She's just like an unrepentant murder machine who solves problems with psychic murder. Uh, um, yeah, let's see. She is literally the uh, murder fuck steel machine. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but she likes her friends, you know. And uh, she, well, they're fun. Yeah, I guess you know. No, she, she she has genuine sympathy. Like she cares about those people, but like just doesn't understand when people like. Uh, maybe not quite Wonder Woman, but like, yeah, those people are bad. We should kill them and just like 
How's this? It's that yeah. impulse thing that, like, we give her impulse issues in respect of, or maybe she has literally no insecurities about herself, and she's, she's just like, and it's so ailing to everyone else that like creeps them out or weirds them be. out. Yeah, like, she's just genuinely a nice person out of this entire group of total yeah. fucking misfits. But again, I just give her a slight bit of like, yeah, that's the bad guy. Yeah, that's the bad guy. We have to sneak up on him. Boom. Yeah. Why did you shoot him? He's the bad guy. Nobody's gonna notice. I mean, and Bedard's like, yeah, you sh- that was a good call. Oh, I'll eat his corpse. <laughs> he's like sitting in the corner crying while he's eating. Yeah. <laughs> I hate myself. <laughs> Why do I have to eat them all? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can- that's like an awkward... Yeah. yeah, pretty funny. Okay, that, that'll work. So that's one model. Yeah. Um, you could, for a sitcom, and I, f- I feel that, that that kind of general purpose ha- has legs. Um, are there any other things to consider? I mean, if you went like the full nothing ever really happens Seinfeld model. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's that. I mean, it could be done, I guess, Camus. You could also do a Simpsons thing where like there's a straight continuity uh, and like it's it's locked into this continuity. Anything that happens at the end of the episode doesn't show up at the next episode. Oh, yeah. So, like the, or maybe you even go well, for it. Only, it shows up in a later episode for giggles or yeah. for reasons. Yeah, like it. Well, like they blow up the burbs every episode or every other episode yeah. and like the next episode is fine. Yeah. Um, so basically the idea would be like they actually succeed every episode. Yeah. But only through a series of mishaps. Like they start off on the mission, get sidetracked, but their sidetrack eventually causes the thing to happen unintentionally. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna blow up this coalition, you know, guard station. Well, but first there's problems over Razan's, you know, the hot <laughs> stuff. She's a really awful, offensive, you know, Asian stereotype, but whatever. And that's not her fault. She came from a dimension of stereotypes. Wow. Okay. There we go. <laughs> yeah. And so they have to like go out and fulfill the horrible stereotype. No, she's not. She, she's actually a robot that was programmed like that. There we you go. can't. Yeah. But she asked them to do some horrible stereotype thing and they all feel squicky about it. Yeah. Um, they're all like totally, di- you know, they're totally disassembling the entire issue and mm. getting into a heated argument about what it really should be. And <laughs> are they really qualified to have this argument? Yeah. They're, they're like exploring how problematic this character really yeah, is. Yeah, if it's about nothing, yeah. They and just then have these somehow, inadvertently, they, in the process of this argument, you know, shots get fired. Yeah. And they were at each other, but they missed. Yeah. So something blows up on the side, and it causes somebody, some people to like start trying to track them down. And the people eventually find out that they were hanging around this coalition, you know, uh, military hut there. And the station gets blown up by the gang that was hunting them down, thinking that they were in it. Okay. And then they have a new station the next episode. <laughs> okay. So I feel like that's kind of our thing. A mix of that, a mix of Arrested Development and Seinfeld. That'll work, uh, yeah. Uh, as the overall approach. So um, in the next episode, we, uh, Foss and I will, will sort of go over more of the characterization a little more. Yeah. Uh, and then figure out, like, what 13 episodes of this would look like. Uh, whether they're all going to be standalone, whether there's an arc, what the sets are. Uh, because there's always like four or five reoccurring sets on a TV show. Like yeah. Seinfeld, you had the diner, you had Seinfeld's apartment. I mean, uh, if I may throw a recommendation, yeah. there's the soup kitchen, there's the whorehouse, yeah. there's the office for their mercenary slash protection agency. Yeah. And I guess there's the woods? <laughs> well, see, there you go. I mean, that, that's, those are choices. But, but yeah. you guys can, like, it'll probably have like a lot of better ideas than that mm-hmm. as you have a chance to kind of hash that out. So. Yeah. Uh, so we go there and we see what happens. We sort of plot out 13 episodes. Uh, yeah. Or maybe it's a British show and there's only six episodes. Uh, that can happen. Uh, either way. Uh, yeah. I look forward to seeing what you guys come up with. So. <laughs> well, Sean, we've done, I think you've done some amazing work here today. <laughs> no, no, you, you, uh, I'm really excited about this. Uh, and if Kevin Sabita copyright these ideas, Kevin Sabita, you son of a bitch, you better not steal these. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
everything we just said trademark. Yeah, trademark. <laughs> trademark. Uh, well, thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>